to what the fork at the Euros. What a night it was. England, the rainbow laces wearing, the food poverty campaigning, knee-taking England are in their first major tournament final since 1966 after beating Denmark 2-1 after extra time. There's one more step to go and God, we hope that we do it. But before we do, we do have to, we have to go back over what turned out to be a magnificent night for everyone concerned with the three Lions. And to join me on today's review show is two stalwarts of What the Folk at the Euros in no particular order, first and foremost. Jack Shields, how are you feeling, mate? You all right? Buzzing. Buzzing, mate. Uh, we've done it. For once, England haven't let us down and we're in the final. No, I'm good. Happy. Uh, looking forward to Sunday, as I'm sure most of the country is. Um, and yeah, it's just nice to have a positive story. It's been a while since we've had that, not just in football, in most people's lives in the last year and a half. So yeah, nice to have a bit of positivity and a smile on people's faces. Yeah, there's very much so. Um, and of course, like I said, we've got two stalwarts, the knowledgeable, clever Southern Matt, as we'll now know him, from uh, Jill's in the Blood. Matt, how are you feeling, mate? Similar feelings? Same as Jack, same as you. Absolutely buzzing. Cried like a fucking baby last night at full <laughs> time, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's been far too long, on it? I was looking back at old uh, Facebook posts today, and it come up, or a couple of days ago, and it come up on my memories, and it was after the Costa Rica game in 2014 at the World oh. Cup. And I said, I'm confident I will never see England get to a major international final. And no. just seven years later, I can't wait for Sunday. It's almost like it almost doesn't matter now if we don't win, but it, it is the most important thing in the world. It doesn't matter in the sense that we've made it to a final, but what will it be like if we actually lift the trophy? It'd be immense euphoric I'll be a mess I'll be a mess from about probably Saturday afternoon in fairness I've been a mess since the Germany game I was trying to think about this before and I'm thinking like I thought if I get a ticket for the final on Sunday I'm sure people know who follow me I got to the uh, obviously the Germany game I got to last night's game and I'm struggling like hell for a final ticket and, and there's part of me that thinks if I get a final ticket I might not survive because I'm not joking I'm shattered like the the past couple of like weeks have just knocked me absolutely senseless um, and it looks like we weren't expecting him to join here it looks like he has Tom can you hear us no hello mate hello mate hey. oh there he is brilliant we've got a debutant um, I did have you in the intro and you, you, you came in at the perfect time this is exactly when you were meant to be in Tom Tom Main from of course the third tier pod which many people should know Tom how you do mate you alright yeah, mate, on cloud nine after last night. But yeah, like you said, just recovering from from the anxiety and the, uh, the tension that last night brought us. I was just saying that, Jack, like there was a point when I said I, said I wasn't going to say it on there, but I might as well say it. there was a point in the first half 
where I think the, the halftime whistle went and had to run down the back and like speak to the, one of the stewards and be like, I'm not handling this. Like my heart's going a bit too fast, actually. Like, and the first question was, do you feel like your chest is tight? Have you potentially like tested, like have you tested for COVID recently? I was like, I've tested every day. I'm absolutely fine. I'm just having far too much anxiety and I need water desperately. <laughs> so she got me a little bottle and took me to the water fountain, which is nicer. Didn't make a blind bit of difference. Nonetheless. It, it Yeah. Anxiety is very much the word that was there. Um, I was listening back to the the preview of the Denmark game. We had two two nils, a three nil, and then followed me by a one nil. Which Matt, you instantly replied to that, saying, "No, I don't want that. That would be too nervous as a one nil." Two one after extra time is pretty much the same thing, if not worse. Um, it certainly was nervous, Matt. But but what did you make of the game? Obviously, um, looking back on it, I thought we were very good. I was having a chat with a Jules fan at half-time on Twitter who was saying we were poor and Denmark were bossing things. I didn't see it that way at all. Mm. I thought, and we mentioned him before we come on, um, and that's Jordan Pickford. Had a proper wobbly, which was unusual for him. If we look back to the last World Cup, I don't recall that happening. He's been absolutely immaculate throughout this tournament up until about 15 minutes from time in the Ukraine game. And then last night, he tried to do a, a Loris Carrius, didn't he, in the first 10 minutes and rolled it to the centre forward. And But I didn't feel like, in general play, that Denmark were causing us a problem. They've scored a decent free kick. I know they've picked holes in Pickford, but I think it's a bloody good hit. And I think sometimes we have this over-tendency to blame people. It's just a good goal. But I thought the free kick was soft. And I think their other big chance comes from us as causing an error. So we were playing the better football. We were getting in behind. Sterling should score. I don't think it's as good a save from Kasper Schmeichel as everyone made out in real time. It's, it's hit him in the stomach. The one in the second half a million times better with his right hand to get down and keep out Harry Maguire's header. Um, and then we scored shortly after from the own goal through more good play. Harry Kane, Bukayo Saka and um, Raheem Sterling doing what he's done all tournament. And that's getting into key areas at key times. And Second half and extra time, I thought there was only one side that looked like they were going to win it. But it didn't take away the anxiety. I shit myself every time they got within about 30 yards of our goal. Um, I nearly threw up every time they got to our byline and in our 18-yard box. And just to emphasise how big a game it was, my wife watched the whole 120 minutes. <laughs> she didn't look at her phone once and she's been wearing an England shirt all fucking day. <laughs> And so she hates bad. football. <laughs> she hates me talking about football, which means she hates you now, Graham, because you let me talk about football even more. But it was, we got over the line and it, that was the, the biggest thing, wasn't it? I've gone off on a tangent, but I thought we deserved to win the game, whether it's a penalty, whether it's a soft penalty, whether it's not a penalty. Quite frankly, I don't give a toss right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. And if we want to go, we will go down that route, but uh, I think the one, we won't go too deep into it because we have got, I have got a down in my list of things to chat about, but I think Harry Kane's was. So if that wasn't Harry Kane's was, for the record, I think they both were. Um, Jack, we were chatting, and obviously the the uh, the group chat sort of over the past day and stuff like that. What did he make of the game, mate? In in short, uh, I mean, excellent, excellent result first and foremost, wasn't it? I think to to go through and actually for once live up the expectations and get the get the result that we all want, and not have that frustrating, anxious, ridden, you know tears in their eyes moment. We maybe did have tears, but for the right reasons. But um, yeah, I thought 
there was only the only time I was ever in doubt about the result was there was a ten or fifteen minute period in the first half. We went a little bit sloppy, and Denmark started getting the ball a little bit, and then that coincided with the goal. Now I agree with Matt. I thought the goal was out of nothing really. It was a soft free kick. I didn't think it was a free kick at all. I thought the lad basically dove through himself on the floor. And then, yeah, you could be critical of the goalkeeper, but I think really you, you, it's, it's, it's a fantastic hit in the top corner. So for a 10 or 15 minute period, we looked slightly like they were, they were a bit sloppy. But I think the key, key for us was getting that equaliser, you know, it settled things down. And I think the, the half time came at a good time for us. And then second half, there was only one team. And it really, we were the team on the ball on the front foot. A lot of the territory, you know, a lot of the game was played in the Danish half. Um, we were creating chances and it was just a case of can we get the winner before full time obviously we didn't have to go in extra time to get it but I thought fitness wise as well often extra time you can talk about tactics and things like that and who the better team is but I think a lot of the time extra time comes down to fitness and I thought we looked really really fit the Danes didn't I thought they looked really really flat on the feet they looked like they were devoid of energy and really devoid of any enthusiasm for it I think they were just clinging on really praying that we didn't get the goal and hanging on for penalties and I think um, we, we, we pressed enough we did enough to win the game I mean bar Kasper Schmeichel having a, a, a world and pulling off three or four top saves including I genuinely think a world class save from Harry Maguire um, I think it would have been an easy and we probably could have got it done in 90 minutes to be fair without needing to go to extra time so it was the right result apparently might have been a little bit soft but like you say we should have had one early with Harry Kane and yeah I thought we deserved it and I think we've We've had the pretty much the correct result in every game. The, the one performance we were below par was Scotland. I think the other lads will probably agree. We were well, we were well offered against Scotland. Couldn't break them down. Didn't create the chances. Didn't have the intensity that we normally have. But bar that, throughout the whole tournament, I think we've deserved pretty much every result. I don't think we can, you know, anybody can really argue that England uh, deserved deservedly in the final. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's good that we've got what we re, we deserve. It's good that we've got the reward from the performances that we've. Uh, turned in but yeah just excited for the final now and hopefully we're, we're not kind of we're not the Neely men and we'll actually do it and get that get that trophy in the in the final on Sunday yeah absolutely Tom obviously not the first time we've ever spoken ever uh, as your debut but it's a good debut to make mate what did you you make of the game as a whole uh, yeah I thought I think you've summed it up perfectly really I think there was a spell in the first half where <clears throat> where I thought Denmark might be that team that turn up against us and we put in one of those performances like we did against Scotland or we've done in previous tournaments where you're a bit worried the centre-backs came out together a bit too far and left the wing-backs a bit, little bit exposed and they had speed on the on the counter. Um, I'm in disagreement a little bit. Yes, it's a soft free kick, but how many times does Harry Kane go down with a touch on the back of his shirt and he's very clever at winning free kicks? So if Shaw's has put his arms around him, is give the referee an opportunity to give a foul. I wish Luke Shaw would put his arms around me. I've got to be honest with you. I love Luke Shaw at the minute. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, my, my point being, though, like we can't moan at Harry Kane getting tapped on the back and then flying forward and winning free kicks towards the end of the game, you know, or an extra time to slow down the game. And I think when Luke Shaw does that, he gives them the opportunity and the ref's seen it. You know, there's a lot of it going on, but the ref sees it and he gives them the opportunity to, you know, to have the free kick. Um, a lot of disagreements or agreements on Twitter about Pickford's being rooted to the spot. When you initially see the free kick, I just went, Jesus Christ, what a hit. And you just kind of, you took it in at that moment. And yes, you know, I think he sees it just a tad too late and therefore he reacts a little bit later than he should, but the ball's already hit the net before he's even seen it. So it's a phenomenal goal. And sometimes you've got to hold your hands up 
Um, but the way we responded, started creating pockets of space. Um, and like you say, initially thought Sterling's shot was an incredible save. But um, when you when you slow down any replay, you, you think he's got space either side of Schmeichel and he probably should just direct the shot and maybe not just put his foot out and hope it hits the target or, sorry, goes under Schmeichel. Um, so maybe should have done better. Um, but my word, the, the next pass that comes from Harry Kane, I was in awe of it all through the first half, just watching the highlights of the goal. That pass is absolutely phenomenal and Saka does so well to get the right way of pass into Sterling's path to cause some trouble as well. So I think if we didn't pull it back, the game becomes completely different. But after 75 minutes, I was always relatively comfortable that we were probably going to find enough to do it. Um, just maybe not an extra time. I thought, like you say, Michael save and, and the way we controlled the game, you, you, we're seeing a completely different England now and an England which we've never seen before. Um, and I've seen a clip on Twitter for the last, whatever it is, 30 passes we do from 27 minutes onwards. Um, just that that control and then Denmark just didn't really chase us down at that point. They just kind of conceded defeat. And for me, it's a penalty. I've seen, you know, I've seen the pictures of the knee making contact and Sterling's trying to weave his way in. So maybe he's a little bit off balance, but he makes contact with his knee, he makes contact with it with his hip. And it's a free kick on the edge of the box. It's a free kick on the halfway line. So it's, it's a penalty for me. And if, if Italy gets something similar, then and you see those sort of shots that Sterling's got, yeah, he might feel aggrieved a little bit, but at the end of the day, he got to concede. He's not won the ball and he's gone for a tackle. Um, yeah, and, you know, on the night, what what's different this time around and what's been different for the past three or four years is the strength and depth that's come through the ranks um, for, for the last four or five years with the likes of, you know, Foden, Foden and the team we've got at the moment. Um, and what we can bring on is is different to a lot of other countries. And yes, some people have got a couple of main men on the bench they can bring on, but we could probably bring on another five or six, which could start. Um, and that's where the fitness came in. That's where the energy came in. And, and we and we deserve the win. You know, they like I said, they conceded the last five minutes that we just kept the ball and we're all a bit nervous. But at the same time, I had a little calmness about me because when we start passing the ball, I just think we're not that, stupid to, to, to make a silly mistake or go for the goal and we probably could have had three or four in the end but we just decided to keep the ball and be a bit more clever with it and I, and I like that from Gareth so um, I'm really looking forward to the to, to the Italy game I'll probably come on to it a bit later but we're seeing a completely different England side now and I said at the start of the competition if we get to the final granted obviously I don't want to lose but they're going to give us something that we haven't seen ever in our lifetimes and, and that's watching our team in a final and we're, you know, I'm truly blessed to see it, um, and many more to come, hopefully. But just to be a witness to that, and, and you know, and have the chance to to make history is is something I'm really proud of this tournament. Yeah, it's been amazing. Like, um, I desperately hope we're not second place. I don't want silver medals. Don't like them. Don't see them as important. But like at the same time, what what a summer it's been. Um, Matt, I'll, I'll come to you next with this. Um, we've touched on it a little bit. We started quite shaky. A few. Defensive lapses, shall we say? Um, but how good was it to see that level of recovery that we had? I know we scored early, but Sterling could have scored even earlier if he'd put it either side of the goalkeeper, as Tom said. The recovery was just like almost instant. Um, and you've seen like those players, you've seen Harry Harry Kane say like, "Keep your head, keep your head." But none of those players had the same face that they had when Croatia equalised, for example, in the semi-final. They looked ready to go for it. Um, but how pleased were you with the re- recovery, Matt, from the 1-0 down and a fantastic free kick? Do you want me? 
<laughs> yeah, very impressed because it's um, it's something that we've not had to deal with in the tournament, is it? No. I think now moving forward to Italy, it's I'm almost glad now, knowing that we got through, that we conceded the first goal and that's out of the way and people are not talking about, oh, this five consecutive clean sheets, six consecutive clean sheets, how many minutes it's been because it's done now, it's out of the way. I wouldn't have wanted to go into a final against the Italians on the back of six clean sheets and then conceded first and had to react to it in a final. Um, because Italy, no disrespect for a better side than Denmark and historically have got two of the best centre-halves who have played European football. They've probably passed their peak now, but they're still two bloody good centre-halves at Bonucci and Cialini. So from that respect, I think it's excellent that we did concede and we was able to come back from it and react in the right way. We talk about the Croatia game. That was later on in the game, though, weren't it? We was probably a lot more tired at that point. So it's a slightly different scenario. But the heads could have gone. They could have dropped. We could have ended up conceding a second and then it would have been a mountain to climb. So... But I actually thought we started the game really well. The first five, ten minutes, I think Sterling won a free kick really early doors and we were zipping it about. And then we just dropped off a little bit. The game calmed down and Denmark came into their own. But yeah, all in all, if if, if you were to handpick a reaction from going behind, that was probably it. And we talked about him hundreds of times. Gareth Southgate just keeps getting it right. Saka's involved in the goal last night. Everyone would have gone, oh, he dropped Jaden Sancho. Can't argue. Sancho's involved, I think, in the chance for Sterling that Schmeichel saves. And then he's, he's the lad that puts the cross in for the, for the own goal from Simon Kier. So, <coughs> Gareth Southgate, again, spot on. Mentality spot on. And we're just blessed with bloody good footballers at the moment, aren't we? And bloody good people that are bloody good at football. I mean, it's, it's, it's frightening when you think that Marcus Rashford was barely played, played this tournament. I mean, Rashford's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal player. We talk about him as a human an awful lot, but what a player he is. I mean, Jaden Sancho's barely got a look in bar that 90 minutes against Ukraine. Albert Lewin's just... been left out of the squad twice. And he scored 18 Premier League goals. Yep. It's just like, ah, oh, it's nice. Um, <laughs> I still, I, I was going to say, I still think Charlie Wright should have gone, but he's gone to Wigan, so, you know, fuck him. Um... <laughs> England, can't afford, England can't afford him. <laughs> you think 10k a week? I'm not really surprised. He's, he's, he's playing for Brazil, isn't he, Graham? With the Copa America, Waikinho. Charlinho Waikinho. Like Brent Brewitt and Diaz. Um, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> I, I wanted to touch on the, the lineup a little bit um, with you, Jack. Obviously, the, the review show and the reaction show that we did, the, the review preview, whatever you want to call it, we discussed how. Um, Realistically, we don't give a shit who Southgate plays because no matter what we've said, we've been wrong. Um, but we are football fans. Football fans have opinions. There's a few people around me going, oh, I would have probably stuck with Sancho and not played Saka, yada, yada. Um, ultimately, I think most people just trust what he does. But um, how right do you think you not just got the start in 11 yesterday, but also the substitutes? And I include the, the Grealish going off for trip year at half time. How right do you think you got the substitutes outside of the start in 11? Yeah, I think spot on again. And, you know, it's been touched on, but you, every time people come up with a criticism, he kind of answers it, doesn't it? And, and it quietens everybody down. Do you know what I mean? Every, every time he, he, he makes a change, it seems to come off. And I think the subs last night, not just the, the personnel, I thought the timing of it was very good. I thought, Denmark waste well not wasted but they put all of the subs on early and they were flagging towards the end of the game whereas I think by gradually doing our substitutes he allowed us to to kind of 
um, rotate the players that were maybe tied a little bit and make sure that we weren't flagging in certain areas. So I thought it wasn't just the personnel. I thought the timing of it, he got spot on as well. Um, I know it's never nice for a player to get substitute like when Grealish come on and then had to go off again. But I think all of the lads in this squad, I don't think there's any massive egos. I think they're all kind of down-to-earth lads and I think they'll realise that the team is always the most important thing, regardless of you know what your opinion is of Gareth Southgate or you know someone on the team. You put it to one side, put your ego to bed. This is England at a major tournament. We've got a chance to win. You're playing on home soil in a final. You just go off and take it. You know what I mean? Enjoy the moment. Take the fact that you've come on and gone off and been part of it. Um, but I think Southgate overall, like you say, sometimes you can, you can pick out, oh, well, maybe I should have played him. Maybe I should have played him. I think he's been a little bit unfortunate with the squad is so strong. You can't please all the people all the time, Graham. Do you know what I mean? And some it doesn't matter which starting eleven Gareth Southgate plays. There's somebody on Twitter. There's someone watching the pub or in a bar. They'll say that Southgate hasn't got a clue. He hasn't played so and so. He hasn't played so and so. And I think we've all probably been guilty of it a little bit this tournament. Maybe, maybe why hasn't he started Jack Grealish? Why hasn't he played Jaden Sancho? Why wasn't Marcus Rashford, Rashford coming off the bench yesterday? But ultimately, it keeps getting wins, Gareth Southgate. And I don't think you can, you can criticise anything he's done at all this tournament. So not just the, the, the personnel that he brought on, the timing of it, everything. You know, he's just coming up rosy for him at the minute, isn't it? I don't know whether he's... It's maybe a little bit of luck as well, or maybe maybe he is a genuine better manager than we, we've all given him credit for. But he's been fantastic this tournament, I think. You know, and he's been one of the one of the assets. His, his decisions have been one of the, the focal points for why England have gone so far. If... if. If he wins it, does he become Sir Gareth Southgate? I'd have no problems with that. Yeah, me too. I'd <laughs> absolutely be, I would I would knight all of them. Every single one of them. I think it, it, not only a knighthood, Atomic Kitten, number one for the rest of the year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I seen that they were on the one show or something, actually singing the lyrics to it. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They got they was at one of the fan parks as well, weren't they? Goodness. <laughs> you've got you've got him up that to be fair. Um I'm I'm a bit disappointed it wasn't new water, but there you go, it is what it is. Um what can you do? Um Tom, obviously I'll, I'll come to you next. Um we discussed separately in the 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 review podcast about how we felt like if England went one 0 down, the crowd would not go, Oh I did, but I'm a Sunderland fan, so gives a break. I'm used <laughs> to that. Most of the fan base sort of um should we say really got behind them is, is kind of the, the obvious answer that the cliche and became like the 12th man. Most people just went, right, okay, that's shite. Come on, let's get behind it. But um, I was there yesterday. Sometimes the atmosphere when you're there feels better. You've watched it on the TV. I've watched it back on the TV. It looks decent. Um, but how good do you think the fans were last night when we conceded in terms of getting the boys back on the front foot? Yeah, not only when we've gone 1-0 down, which like Matt alluded to earlier, we haven't experienced yet. <clears throat> but it's just the sheer fact that whether it's the year we've had and they've been away from the stadiums or whether we've just, you know, whether we've just, I don't know, it, mu- it must be something to do with the fact that football's been gone for so long. But Wembley, for me, over the past two, three games, is exactly what Wembley should be. Every single tournament, every single qualifier, maybe not the friendlies, of course, but that it's brought football back a few, you know, maybe a couple of decades where fans feel like proper fans if that makes sense there's been many times I've been to Wembley and it's been relatively silent for 90 minutes and no disrespect to England fans because away they're they're absolutely insane and sometimes I think it needs to come away from Wembley whether that's at the Stadium of Light or you know at Borough because it's nice back in the day when we used to travel and fans across the country would experience different I really, I really like so, that you mentioned Borough and Stadium of Light but not St James's good lad you, you can come back uh-huh. 
I think it actually played at St. James' Park often, did it? You can't come back now. Uh, that's one qualifier there, just because you mentioned it there. you mentioned it before me to be fair mate. So, yeah well but that's no, true but no you're spot on the fans have been sublime and I think we've been treated like like we've alluded to to some of the best best England players or best England squad we've we've witnessed in our lifetimes and it's just the game management from the backroom staff as well like against Ukraine the, the, sub, the substitutions immediately after the third goal get the yellow cards off um, the back, background staff you know we've got Pal jumping on Grealish's back to celebrate, you know, it, and after the game, they're all singing Sweet Caroline together and just taking in the crowd. And like we've said before, we've seen Rooney s- swear at the camera, say, what's the point in playing when we drew nil nil to Algeria and stuff? But this is this is completely different. And the fans are connected with the squad because they're, they're, they're one of us. Like, see Rice singing and Walker today when he was doing his live interview, he said, I wish I was in box park celebrating with the fans throwing beers you know because it just it just you know brings everything to a bit of reality um so yeah you know a credit to england fans because they've been sublime and you know i'm thoroughly jealous but proud of everyone's in the stadium including yourself I would, I would absolutely love to tell you that it was i was right behind them from like as soon as we scored but the first goal i screamed that loud my voice just shot absolutely shot i don't think i think i mouthed sweet caroline at the end, a mouth that I didn't sing it. I've got to be completely honest with you. Um, it, but it was, I think it's got something to do with the fact that, yeah, potentially, you know, uh, we've been away that long, but it feels like such a connect with it. Um, I mean, I think everyone by this point's probably seen the Mason Mount video with the, the little girl. Um, yeah, yeah. That was just class. And, and you're touching it before. And I know we see that other grounds and other teams doing it, but it felt like, five to seven years ago, um, that wouldn't have happened. There was such a disconnect. There was such a, a media against right. the team, aspect fans against the team. But like, I, I've got to be honest, and people might disagree with me because I know England has a lot of fans with a lot of different opinions on this. But I feel like for once, this team can relate to the man in the pub, which I know is a cliche, but Rashford gets it. Sterling, that letter he wrote about how his his mom, like used to like clean school toilets or something, and and they used to get the, their dinner from a vending machine, and he ended it with, and now our son plays for England and she like runs a care home, a director of a care home or something. You can kind of relate to that more than just a flashy rich bloke like David Beckham. No offense, David, you were great for England, but this lot are just so much more. Imagine if David Beckham's listening to this. God, I'm never going to get him on, am I? Um, I think you're safe. I th- yeah, me too, actually, to be <laughs> fair. More, more chance of getting Victoria, I think, now. Um, <laughs> but I like that song she did with Dean Bowers. That's a tangent. Um, but, like, I, I do feel like it's easy to connect with this bunch of players, and, and I think it's, it's, it is easy to get behind them, and, and that's just such a wonderful thing about them. Um one thing I do want to touch on, I'll, I'll come to you with this, Jack, and, and, and I want to come to all of on this. Um, it would be completely wrong of me to talk solely about England as much as I want to. Huge shout out to Denmark, Jack. Um, their, their heart, the passion, the desire they've shown throughout the tournament. And I know there's been an incident that thankfully for all of us and thankfully for him has turned out okay in the end. And I know that can sometimes drag you on as well, but there's still a Damn good team, damn talented, and they've got a great future. And it's been they've been a great feature of this tournament, haven't they, Jack? Yeah, I think no one would have expected Denmark to reach the semi-finals. You know, people are talking about the semi-final teams. You 
you're talking your France, maybe England, your Spain, Belgium, Italy, maybe Germany, Holland. No one would have expected Denmark to get as far as they have. Maybe last 16 quarterfinals at a real Especially push. without their best player. I mean, exactly. I was just going to say, I mean, think about that, but he's their best player still. Like, when you think when you think about you know Danish players, the first one that you think of Denmark international players, you probably think Christian Eriksen. I, I certainly mm-hmm. would. You know what I mean? He's the the standout player. You know he's played for Tottenham at a high level in the Champions League. He, he's played in in European football. Uh, um, and it, to miss him and not only miss him. I mean, if if he got injured, he pulled up and done you know, cruciate ligaments or something like that. It would have been bad. But the the emotion that would have gone through the team, seeing one of the friends and one of the star players collapsing on the floor like that and having to go through hospital and for a period of time not knowing whether he was going to not just play football again but be alive and, and pull through it um, maybe that did spur them on and you know after that they you know know they lost the game after that but then to win three in a row they had to win the last group game to go through they won that and then last 16 against Wales and quarter final against the Czech Republic uh, they played good football I thought that the 4-0 win against Wales that Denmark played was one of the best out, outright individual team performances of the of the competition, I thought the battered Wales, and really, um, you know, Kasper Schmeichel had an excellent game last night. And you know, another fifteen minutes, I might have hung on and got a penalty shootout. And who knows what would have happened? I mean, would they've deserved to win? Absolutely not. I thought England were thoroughly the better team, and we well earned that win last night. But you know, like you say, great tournament from what happened at the start, and they'll be looking at that thinking, you know, if we qualify for the World Cup, why can't we do something similar? You know, maybe semi-finals might be a push, but. Get, get to the later stages and really do the country proud. So, yeah, credit to them. But, you know, I'm just glad. In a way, I am glad we played them rather than Italy or Spain, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? Because I think we might not have got the same result against either of those. But, uh, no, credit to them. They did very well and exceeded expectations. Matt, let, let's go on to it. Um, I'm loath to go too far into it because it was. It went to VAR. It was checked. It was. Um, but straightforward question, in your opinion, was it a penalty? Yes. Good answer, Tom. Was it a penalty? <laughs> so, said so at the start of the show, it's not. It's, it's gone to lunge slightly. It connects with Sterling's knee. He's not won the ball. Sterling's gone down. He's trying to weave in between two players, and he gets knocked. It's, it's a free kick on on the on the halfway line. It's a penalty for me. Jack, slightly different question. Not was it a penalty, but how much are you enjoying everyone else that hates England seeing it wasn't a penalty? I know the few, and I've seen people on Twitter yesterday really. Not just Scotland fans, other fans really scraping the barrel now. They're saying, "Oh, mm. remember England? England fans are the most like high ground moral fans of all time. Oh, we were cheated by Maradona. We were cheated in 2010, and now you're celebrating the penalty goal. <laughs> it's like get it right up, yes, man. Get it right up, yes. The fuming, aren't they? <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it's 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 the um I engaged with many this morning because I was in the right mood to do so because obviously I was very happy and they're very bitter. It's just the fact that every time we've played someone else, they've had that little flag in brackets, yeah. you know, whether that be... Oh, I've you know, been in trouble for that today for tweeting about that. Oh, mate, you shouldn't be because it's absolutely pathetic. But yeah, not only was it Denmark, then it was Ukraine, you know, now it's Italy, you know, I'm a proud Welshman, but now it's for Italy. You support Swansea, but you really like the English game and it's just it's just embarrassing. <laughs> and I, I, I'm... I'm, I'm I don't know. I don't know where it all comes from. It's you know, it used to be predominantly Scotland hating hating us and buying Croatia shirts in semi-finals and so on and so forth. And but what we're doing now, where they're never going to experience in in in, in my opinion in, for for many years to come. And I know they came close a few years ago, but that was one in the you know one in a lifetime sort of thing. But it's just the sheer bitterness of it all. And this is why England fans react so much more 
in future tournaments when when things like this happen like we would just let them get on with it but it's it's just laughable that you find joy in supporting 12 other countries whilst it says proud welshman supports man united and you've seen, and you've seen one win You've, one you've win supporting like, seven other teams against England as well. Yeah, I said you can buy your DVD of the nil-nil win against England and you can enjoy your lacklustre 2-0 victory, which Bale goes down in the box. Yes, it's a lunge, but he starts to fall before his knee hits him. Um, just to just to add to that. But no, it's laughable and you know, with you know, we can take the higher ground because what's left to come for England in the next 10, 15 years, hopefully, is is more of this. I, I can almost take the banter to an extent, especially living in Scotland. However, at least one of you give us credit for being absolutely class. Because even if we get beat off Italy and Hammond, we're still a class. We're still a brilliant team full of brilliant individuals and nice, humble, wonderful team. Like, you've got to give us credit for that. Like, this is the least arrogant England squad I've ever watched. Yeah. It's the in most all my years of watching England, that golden generation was full of cliques and people who thought they had a divine right to win tournaments because they was at successful clubs. This this group of players couldn't be any further from that if they tried. Like you said, we've got Raheem Sterling, we've got Marcus Rashford, you've got Mason Mount going into the crowd last night and giving his shirt to a kid. And all of them are led by Gareth Southgate. People just need to get over themselves, don't they? It's born out of jealousy. That's all it, it is. One today was... was um, someone who hates everything about the English game, apparently, and his Twitter profile picture was Mason Mount holding the Champions League. <laughs> That's my exact point. What are you it, doing, honestly? With all due respect, like even clutching at straws a little bit, some of these are Swansea fans, and you think you, you play in the English Football League for a reason. Yes, Swansea are a good style, I'm not taking away from that, but you know, you've got to enjoy the English Football League. And yes, there's full of mixture of cultures and stuff, but this is where the game... You know, this is why the game is so big, in my opinion, because of the Premier League, because of the Championship. Even League One and League Two brings its own dramas and quality. So, I don't know. It's just, it's just laughable, and it it's, it just comes across as embarrassing towards the end. Like sometimes it's fun to have a bit of banter. And I said, I'm sure I'll see you Sunday night when when or if we lose to Italy. And I won't I won't even find you know that you can do that. That's fine. We're watching our team in a final, and providing they leave everything on that pitch and we lose two 0 Let's just say, for example, let's hope we don't. I can be proud of what we've achieved and, and I'm never probably going to witness that for, for 10, 15 tournaments. In fact, that Scotland were dancing on tables when they uh, when they drew against England and they just scraped the penalty shootout just to qualify and they celebrated that like they've just won the World Cup just shows you we're miles apart. But, but what, yeah. what, anno- what annoys me is this idea that you're, you're kind of arrogant for celebrating. I think the Sunderland fans, me and Graham, get it in League One a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. we win a game and it's like, oh, you're Sunderland in League One. Yeah, we're celebrating a win. And it's like, oh, England, you only beat Denmark. It's like, we're qualifying for a major tournament in a final. Oh, we're not allowed to enjoy it. Denmark beat Wales 4-0. Yeah, does that, does, that, does, that, does that make us arrogant for enjoying it? Does that make, does that make us small time because we're celebrating a win? I mean, come on. It's that, yeah. e- it's that easy route like thing again, isn't it? The easy route that included Croatia, World Cup runners-up, Germany, consistently one of the best national teams ever. Denmark have scored like 10 goals in the games before they played us. Czech Republic will reach the quarterfinals. Yeah, let's just say that maybe we haven't had an easy route this time and that gives me a lot more confidence going into the Italy game. I wouldn't have been as confident going into the France game if we'd beaten Croatia a few years ago. The, the, the route to the final is the route to the final and you, you make your own history at the end of the day. But you're going to begrudge just the tournament because we haven't played Spain in the quarters. We, we beat Germany. 
you know, two 0 which you know just shows you the level headedness of this squad and the quality we've got not to overreact to the game and and see the game out in such a professional manner. You know, Denmark won four 0 and they're scoring goals. They're very for seventy five minutes yesterday. It was on a knife edge. Let's face it, we were much the better side, but it only took a counter attack for them to go for one goal and and score. And sometimes, you know, they had a couple of corners in the eighty fifth, eighty sixth minute. You're thinking you can just kind of feel it potentially happening and you know it is one of those things but we've we've addressed every game exactly how we should and, and as Matt said Gareth Southgate is not only a humble but just just an incredible role model for everyone inside the game and outside the game to to show you what you can do when you love a group of players and it's just a joy to see and I'll, I'll carry on celebrating regardless whether we whether we lose or win, win on Sunday because it's brought the nation together after such a horrible time yeah, absolutely. Um, next question. Who was it who had the laser pen? Boris. Boris, yeah, it was. <laughs> Boris. Correct, correct answer. It was Boris all along. I, I did say it could be anyone. They could. You can't kick us. Obviously, they're never going to kick us out, but it could be a Scotland fan in the crowd trying to get England banned. You never know, do you? But obviously... He saved it saying. as well. Anyway. He saved it anyway. He saved it. He saved it. Captain so, no, that was one of the things on Twitter today. They said, not only did you cheat, you also put a laser pen in Schmeichel's eyes, which caused him to like fumble the ball. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's karma for, for trying to wind the England fans up. Although his interview was taken out of context, Schmeichel's. He was actually quite quite fun in that interview if you watch the whole thing. But um, it's good yeah, yeah his, his quality is pure class. Um, talking about another absolutely quality bloke, Matt. Um, Harry Kane obviously got man of the match yesterday, and whilst I thought he was absolutely brilliant, and I thought Kyle Walker was absolutely tremendous for me, Raheem Sterling formidable. But who stood out for you the most? Kane was my man of the match. I thought he was unreal. He done everything that we've seen him do for Tottenham over the last season or two. Drop deep when he needed to. He was holding it up. He was playing with his back to goal, like Tom alluded to. The the ball for Saka, for the goal, he shouldn't even be able to see where Saka is. You you cannot coach that. That is just unbelievable, world class talent. And to to, to to even see him is one thing, but to actually thread it through the eye of a needle and get Saka in behind the fullback to the byline is just unreal. And I thought it was comfortably Harry Kane's best game in the tournament. I know he got two against Ukraine, but. This was a tougher game. It was up on a level in terms of occasion as well. I thought we ran the show, but that's not to say that Sterling wasn't very good. Again, he was unreal as well. And defensively, I thought Kyle Walker was our best defender. Um, so fast. Even in extra time when, you know, you're meant to be tired and you're meant to be sort of running for the corner and just holding on to it. And he's still going past two or three people. And the only thing he lacked last night was a goal that he'd have thoroughly deserved. But... Um, Harry Kane, for me, he's got the winner. I just thought he was immense the whole game. It's quite funny talking about the winner. I spoke to the guy afterwards, but I was... I tend not to watch penalties, but I watch the penalty shootout. Like, if it's Sunderland, I won't watch the penalty. I'll just turn around. I just never watch it. Because um, I think we've scored most of them when I do that. But the Columbia penalty shootout, I started like that in Henderson, Miss, so I started turning around and watching them. And my OCD was like, right, we've missed one when I've turned me back, so I'm just going to watch them. So I faced the telly and watched it. But this other guy was doing the same thing I did, just turned around, bucket hat on, it's coming home, bucket hat on, turned around when the penalty was taken, just stared at the crowd. 
And I'll never forget his face when he didn't realise what had happened, like the fact that he'd missed it and then scored the rebound because his face just kind of, I can't describe it audio in an audio version, but it was kind of like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> like instantly afterwards. <laughs> and his shirt was off and everything. And then when everything stopped, he went, what happened? And went, oh, he missed it. And then he just put the rebound and he was like, oh, right. It's just, he's all gutted. And then, ah, oh, well, yeah, whatever. Um, but it was great. Yeah, I mean, for me, Kyle Walker still in, but like you could pick anyone on that pitch just about. One or two below par, but Harry Maguire, outstanding. John Stones, outstanding. Luke Shaw is so good. And I, I wasn't someone who would have put him in the team, if I'm honest. I don't know whether I would have maybe even taken oh, him to the team. I had Chilwell. I had Chilwell yeah. was first choice left back at the start of the, when Same. he started. So, but he's been immense as well. Did you see Kieran Trippier talking about people not watching penalties? Have you seen Trippier like not watching the penalty? And the then man like... looked in the crowd, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah. Because it meant that much, I guess. Um, one, one thing I did want to touch on, um, I'll touch on you um, with Tom, sorry. Um, you touched on that a little bit before. It was a 52-pass move in the 126th minute up until like the 129th. I can't begin to tell you in the stadium how much that calmed everyone. I'm sure it did the same at home. But just how class and amazing was that to see an England team just controlling the game in the most pivotal moment of, all their players' careers, let's be honest. Um, yeah, you, you just summed it up. I'd, someone said, were you nervous an extra time? I said, not from the 20 sort of second minute because you just had that maturity about the England team and whether it be young Foden or whether it be, like you said, Carl Walker, Carl Walker had the intelligence when we did win the ball just to, just to run into the space and then give the ball to Trippi and run back and Trippi just held the ball there and I'll be honest, I was surprised a little bit by Denmark's sort of lack of, I mean, they were probably on their feet, like, let's, let's get it right. They were, you know, they were immense for 75 minutes, or at least in terms of organisation. But yeah, it, it just it just settled the nerves and come the 30th minute hit the clock, you just then had to just soak it in for that, for that few minutes and just go, what have we just done? And how calm have we been about it? Um, and it's just a joy to see and credit to Gareth Southgate because he would have told the players to to do that. Um, when there was three on one, we still took it to the corner, um, taken off Grealish, giving us that, a little bit of st- sturdiness. Um, yeah, it was just it was just brilliant to see, and like you said, it gives you that little bit more confidence going into the Italy game, thinking we know when to control games, or we know how to at least try and control games, and not just go for it gung ho like everyone on Twitter wants to see. Jack. Obviously, we're going to do a review show of this, um, hopefully with a, an Italian perspective as well. But do you change anything for the, the game? And if you do change it, what do you do? Or do you, or do you want to just keep it the same? Um, I, I feel like a broken record saying it, but I really do think Jordan Henderson's big game experience and his calmness and his he kind of leadership. Last night. He was But so I think good. He's, his leadership skills as well, not to knock Harry Kane as a, as a captain's eye. I know um, Matt's touched on how well he played. I thought he was man of the match as well. I thought he was phenomenal in every aspect of his game. But I think sometimes you can see the game a little bit better from a, a deeper position, whether it's centre midfield or centre back. And I think Jordan Henderson, I would certainly start him. And it would be harsh. People will say, don't change a winning team. And people will say, I'm harsh on Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips, whichever one doesn't make it. But I think, again, you've got to go team first. And I think England are a lot more composed. And, and I think they're a, a stronger unit as a team when, when Jordan Henderson plays. Um, and possibly Grealish you could make an argument for Grealish I mean I like him personally I really do like how many fouls he draws how attacking he is on the ball 
He's always creating things. Um, I would possibly put him in place of Mason Mount, uh, but that mm-hmm. one's more debatable. You could argue about that one. So not other than that, no, I would I would try and keep it as close to um, the the Denmark um, team as possible. Um, I think momentum's a good a good thing as well. You know, we've got momentum with that player. We've got that, them players with that that team that played. So I mean, I wouldn't make too many changes. And I think. It's it's tough to make changes when you're winning, isn't it? You know what I mean. You've got to look at you know particularly the last hour as well. You know we were excellent for you know uh, after the subs come on from kind of fiftieth sixtieth minute to to extra time. So difficult one to leave those players out, but maybe just I would definitely try Henderson in midfield. But other than that, you know maybe Grealish, not not much more than that. Matt um, Jack touched on bringing Henderson in there, which I'm kind of for that. Somebody raised a question yesterday. Italy are very good in midfield. Would you be tempted to not drop any of the people of Phillips or Declan Rice, maybe drop Mason Martin, go for three in the middle. I can't see it. I've literally just put it on my phone. Why does it have to be Rice or Phillips? I think go three. South, Southgate might look at matching up because they play a three, don't they? They play mm-hmm. Jorginho in the middle and they play Verratti and I think it's, is it Barardi? Barella from the other side. Why not put Henderson to go up against Verratti or Barella? Declan Rice concentrates on staying in the middle and becoming that third centre half and drops in so we can get our full-backs on to provide width and push us up the pitch. Keeper and back five stars, the back four stars the same, don't they? Sterling and Kane are shooing. For me, the only two that might come out are Saka, as good as he was, and maybe Mason Mount. I think if you're going to play Henderson, you play him in a flat three in the middle and we match them up. That, that's my exact thoughts. Yeah, I, I would I would go for that personally. But Tom, are you in agreement with that? I, last night, um, maybe it was different when you're at the stadium. I thought Phillips in in spells looked lost, really lost. First and twenty he, minutes, I said he looked panicked. He, he he watching the game. I was like, is he playing? And then he'd come up, win the ball back, and play a pass and. They can get himself really involved in the game, and then you just think, where is the centre midfield gone? And someone said to me, "This is actually Rice's fault." We look a little bit lost, and I just—it was difficult between the two to decide if they had a good game or if they had a bad game. But then I don't know. When Henderson came on, that does give you that level of that, that calmness, and he's very—he's a visionary, isn't he? he? Can see a pass very well. Played a beautiful ball, I think, to Kane in the Ukraine game or Czech Republic, Czech Republic game. You know, and you just saw a pass better than than I, you know, the no one saw on the pitch. But I, I agree with Jack. I think Mount comes out for Grealish or Henderson comes in. Um, I don't think Mount adds anywhere near what Grealish would give. Um, and my only other thought process is: would he go to a back five and play Trippier and Walker again? I don't think he will. But it, it, it went through my head a couple of times just to control that the wide men a little bit more insignia coming in you know Chiesa coming in I don't know would I do it I wouldn't probably not but it did you know he does like Trippi when when we want to be defensive like we did against Germany but I think the back four stay the same and I would rather Grealish come in for Mount than we play a free midfield but I can I can I can see exactly why you would do it 150%. I want to see Grealish in that midfield free instead of Mount because I think he would add a ridiculous amount of opportunities to, to the wings and not only to feed Harry Kane and Harry Kane can drop deep and he can push forward a little bit more and Kane coming 
coming forward and drawing Julian and Benucci out for the wing for the wings to cut inside is going to win us that game. If he stays up front and doesn't do it against Denmark, which I don't think would, would happen anyway, uh, I think we we lose the game. So Kane's role is so pivotal. So whoever we're going to play wide is going to be the big judgment call as well. Whether Saka gets dropped for Sancho, I'm not sure, but it, it might see two or three changes. But I, I would generally really like to see Grealish come in for Mount, but. At 60 I minutes. Think, when... I don't think Southgate would trust Grealish against the Italians, no, unfortunately. Yeah, I, was about, I was about to say, but at 60 minutes, if you ask me anyone to bring on that gets the d- defenders guessing when they're tiring, I wouldn't want Jack anyone Grealish. else coming on but Jack Grealish. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't start for me. If you know, if he doesn't start in his favoured positions and we're trying to pick a place for him, he doesn't start. And he's my favourite England player. I think he's most effective in terms of you know what he brings to the table. But you, you don't start him at the moment for me and that's really hard for me to say because I was clamouring from at the start of the tournament but him coming on at 60 minutes give you, gives the crowd a buzz it gets you excited um, and Henderson will add that little bit of level-headedness with the ability to play a pass and get us moving as well so um, I don't even know what, what decision I've made in the end but <laughs> we've got a few teams there. I think you've got um, 12 on haven't you? I, think I like that yeah. give us a chance <laughs> would it? <laughs> But yeah, to control the midfield a little bit better, maybe put Henderson in. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be annoyed if he played the same team. But we are going to be, we've got a lot of quality in Italians midfield, and Jorginho has been probably the most not underrated because he's had a lot of attention played on him. But he's been so vital in them being in the position they're in, and the penalty to win it is just a joke, wasn't it? So. Um, he's going to be a key player for them. And whether you, like you say, play a three and try to control them a little bit more and hit them harder on the counter, um, I would like to see that too. So hate to be Southgate right now. <laughs> nice options though, isn't it? But yeah, it's, be, it's, it's incredible. We will be obviously reviewing the game. We'll be previewing the game. Uh, I can't quite believe we got all the way there. But nonetheless, now here we might as well do it, do the job. At the end of the day, silver medal wins you nothing. The gold medal wins you something, in my opinion. Um, we will be back with a review. Hopefully, got an Italian perspective as well with it. And then we'll be back with a reaction show after Sunday, depending on how high up the ceiling we are. We'll be dependent on when it's out. Hopefully, <laughs> it's on the roof. Um, but thanks as always. Do subscribe. I think we're close to like a thousand subscribers or something. It doesn't matter if you don't. I will survive. Don't worry. But if you want to, that'd be great. Um, but thanks to Jack. Thanks to Tom. And thanks to Matt. Cheers. To hold and give, but you at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get around the back. Catch me if you can, cause I'm the England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligan, this ain't a football song. Three lions on my chest, I know we can.